welcome to the Incremental Revival podcast, where our goal is to help you, the church members of Grace Rancho, better understand the what and the why behind all we do here as a church. My name is Michael. My I'm name's Eric. Pastor Eric. And we also have... I thought we are going to go around and everyone's going to say their name. Okay, let's there try again. My name's Michael. My name's Eric. Caleb. Brian. All right. We have a gaggle of guys in here today. That's one way to put it. Because we wanted to get everyone's uh, input on the topic of discussion that yeah. we're having today. The topic of discussion is going to look back and it's going to look forward because we're right in between um, series right now. The plural of series is series. I think it's just series. And so we're going to look back at Job and then we're going to look forward at Ephesians. We're going to talk a little bit about those things. Absolutely. Uh, first question. Looking back at Job, we'll just go... Is this for everyone or is this for me or is this for fuzzy only? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. No, we will start with Brian and then go to Caleb and then myself. And Eric, you can answer briefly afterwards. Okay. Uh, first question is key things that we took away from Job, maybe that you learned or that we just learned as a church that were very helpful for us. Are we going to go more than once around the room or should I be prepared to just give my, my you should give answer? a concise answer right now. Okay. And you can chime in again if you, if you really feel compelled uh, for sure. Yeah. I think one of the things that uh, really stuck out to me, um, I think during the middle of the, um, the series in Job was the way that we often feel like we know the answer to everything. We feel like we are educated with the, the stuff we know, which is good. I mean, we, we know a lot of uh, God's revealed word um, through the whole Bible that we have. Uh, and especially near the end yesterday, uh, when on Sunday, when Pastor Eric was preaching through um, God's assessment in how the friends, though they knew a lot, though they knew a lot of good things about God, their, God's assessment of them was that they were wrong. And that just hit home on me in, in a lot of different ways based on, I don't know, just being in the church a lot, growing up in the church, being a seminary guy. It, it just, you constantly feel like you know the answers to everything. And for that to be just something that's a reminder of uh, maintaining humility before God, repenting where necessary, and trusting Him, I think that that was a really big moment for me. And I think maybe for a lot of members in our church. Great answer. Caleb? Yeah. Uh, I think for me, um, the best reminder, just thing that stuck out to me the most was just the reminder of God's sovereignty. Um, that was especially like, I think it was like two weeks ago ish. We were just kind of getting into God's response to Job. Um, I just think like number one, how amazing it is that we serve a Lord who talks to us and responds to us through his word. Um, and just a reminder of like who we are, uh, and who he is and the truth of who he is and how everything works together for his good and for his glory. And so um, that was just, yeah, that's probably what stuck out the most to me. That's great. Yeah, for me, when I think through, man, what did we learn through Job? The moment that sticks out to me the most is, is it last week? I think it was last week, your second to last week, where your third point was God is the answer. Hmm. Um, that was two weeks ago, I think. Two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, it's the Lord answers Job. Um, and what's his answer? It's it's himself. And when we think about how in the world does suffering and our suffering make sense in some, in a pretty large aspect, it's God's the answer. He's sovereign. Sometimes we aren't going to make real sense of it. 
Um, and if we can hold on to his character and his nature, um, it can sustain us through those times. So I thought that Amen. was really good. And to me, that was kind of like the whole, that was the moment right there that kind of solidifies. This is what Job is about. I think, I think it's true. I think it all culminates. That's like the climactic moment, God revealing himself in that speech yeah. and the sovereignty, the wisdom of God and the authority of God, the intimacy that God has with his creation, that all the little things are actually part of what God's doing in the world. Um, the concerns that God has for things Job has no idea about. God is watering the places where there are no human beings mm -hmm. and God is concerned about the constellations and their orbits and things like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I just hope our church is impacted. Uh, if, if I were to say, I want Job to make a mark on our church that there's ripple effects into the future because of this sermon series, it would be what I think the point of Job is, is to raise our view of God and to be able to trust his sovereignty and wisdom, no matter what difficulties we go through in life. Mm -hmm. So in those moments of life, which are coming to us all, the tragedies, the surprises, the bad news that we receive on the, on a phone call, um, that we are able to say, God is enough. I trust him. Uh, this is hard and I don't have answers, but I trust him. And we, we slow down and trying to figure out everything and assess it all ourselves. And we just, like James says in James five, we're just going to wait patiently, be steadfast and know that the Lord will sort things out. It's really good. I think Job has just anchored our church and I've even going through Job sensed a lot of joy in the church yeah. and seeing who God is and his character so clearly revealed. And it just feels like our, our eyes have been directed upward throughout this series. And I think that's been a gift. Yeah. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of like incidental, like maybe not the main, main point of mm. Job, but kind of incidental peripheral points that are really important that Job picks up. Um, things like Satan's role in our suffering. I got really like that's in chapters one and two, a really important thing to think about. Satan's involved, but he's ultimately not the primary ultimate cause. And he's under, he's on a leash. You guys have any other kind of sub points or uh, peripheral things that you're like, I'm walking away with this too. This is a good lesson learned in the study of job i think it, i just remember reflecting on reading the portion where job says i know my redeemer lives well and that's not the the main point of thinking about job's redeemer necessarily though i guess in some part it is but it's just this piece of job that maybe you don't expect him to say that throughout it mm -hmm. and it's remarkable because to us, when we think of our Redeemer, we think of just God, the Son, Jesus Christ, um, and not God as our Redeemer. But yeah. in a large part, God is our Redeemer because who who is the one redeeming us through the Son? It's God. And so I found that helpful and an interesting point just to think about as God as a Redeemer as well. And 
when you think about suffering and uh, maybe that's it's just a helpful thing to cling to god can redeem even the greatest hardship we can endure yep yeah i think uh, uh, t- tying in a little bit what i said earlier um another kind of sub point would be just a a, a proper view or helps us see the way that we can be just better friends or better counselors. Yeah. Um, we talked about this a little bit kind of between sermons yeah. a, a couple of times. Yeah. To where, I mean, the, the friends were doing their, their best work when um, they were quiet, <laughs> when they were yeah. silent, when they were just around Joe, comforting him, being with him. And I, you know, it's funny yesterday when you were preaching, uh, the, the text says something about the, the family, the, his sisters and his brothers coming right. to be with him. Yep. And, and it actually uses the same language. It says they came and they came to sympathize yeah, and to comfort, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was yeah. what the friends intended to do and failed. But yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what I was thinking? And you can correct me if I was wrong. It almost seems like God is so control of everything. He is so sovereign. He is even sovereign in how he chooses to distribute comfort through other people. Sure. So, God didn't, the text doesn't say that his brother and sisters came anywhere in his life until after he was restored. Yeah. So like uh, that might be a little bit of an assumption, but it just points us towards um, a sub point. God is in control of even those who sympathize around us to trust him even in that. And I might be tempted to feel uh, there's nobody around me. I feel like there's people are not coming around me right now. And I feel like I deserve that to trust God there. And then also trust God in and Joe paints a picture for us and and how we can be uh, good friends, good listeners, good comforters. Yeah. Yeah. One way not to be is to kind of what you said earlier is to just assume you understand the situation, come in with really good answers and kind of insensitively apply your theology to someone's pain without weeping or without sympathizing or, um, yeah, they did a really great job sitting there with him and then opening their mouths. They were, <laughs> not so great miserable comforters are you is what job says and god agrees at the right. end, yeah, yeah to the point where he basically tells them to repent yeah you were wrong well job has been good i think and fuzzy was maybe gonna oh, say he? something and i was, I was about wrong. to but it's go rude. that's rude fuzzy right. go um i was just gonna say that um I, i've read the book of Job before and something that i've overlooked uh before you know these last couple weeks was at the end there and you talked about this just this last Sunday uh, about you have the friends and God says that, uh, you know, the way they felt about their responses, how it was sinful. And so he told them to make a sacrifice. And I've, I've just read over that before and just skimmed over that. And I never I think really, most people read the end yeah, like that. Like, it's like it's like you read the last sentence of Paul where it's just like and send greetings to so and so. And you just mm-hmm. kind of. But but this part of Job is really significant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it showcases god's mercy because although they sinned he's giving them mercy and he's yeah. he's giving them a way to uh mm. be redeemed it's, it's just a, it's a showcasing of the gospel right uh, and i've just never noticed that before yeah that's, great. that's a great point yeah great point great point like that I you were about saying, to skip over yeah well <laughs> i didn't know he was about to say it, usually there's you know two of us here not four of us michael's gonna learn i gotta get on my game all right yeah. It's been a hard Monday for Michael. It's okay. We forgive him. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> All right. What's next, Michael? We, we're yeah, not only we, talking about Job. We're not just talking about Job. We're getting derailed. We're going to talk about Ephesians. All right. Because you're preaching Ephesians next. You're Ephesians. actually starting it this Sunday, October 16th. You know what? 
Ephesians is my favorite book I know it of is. the Bible. <laughs> Eric, how do you say Ephesians in Spanish? I'll give you major credit for that. Ephesios. That's really close. Wow. <laughs> and you were totally what guessing. Is, it's what is Ephesios? Ephesios, Ephesios. That's, Ephesios. that's what I said. <laughs> you had a funny little... Whatever, yeah. man. I got it perfectly right. Carry on. Um, I'm not going to be preaching in Spanish, so... <laughs> but you're starting Ephesians this Sunday, October 16th. You said it's your favorite book. I picked up on that. You've never... You, I picked up on it before you ever said it because you speak of it often. You go to it mm-hmm. often. True. You refer people to Ephesians often. Yeah, um, That's a great thing. You're, ex- you're excited to preach through it, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm totally excited. I, I'm, I feel like I've preached through portions of it even here. Mm-hmm. Like I know I've preached through Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 and a portion of chapter 4. And I even think some years back, I think pretty early on, I preached through a large chunk of chapter 1. Um, so I, I have done it, but I haven't sequentially worked through it, um, in, you know, one after another, after another over the course of however long it takes me. So I haven't done that. I'm excited to do that. So I have two questions for all of us. I'll start with the first, everybody answer this. We'll start with you, Eric, and then we'll go down the line until it hits me. Okay. How long do you think it's going to take you to preach through Ephesians? 14 months, 14 months from now, maybe you'll get interrupted here. If you, you know, something comes up or you get sick or there's other people scheduled preaching True. still 14 months. I think, I mean, like from start so 14 until we months, actually finish. <clears throat> that'll put us at the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. Okay. 14 months. I'm Caleb. Thinking, I'm thinking no more than two years, but close. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think Aaron can do it in 14 months. I back him up on that. I like a year and a half as a solid number. 18 months? I don't know why. 1.5. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, this one, I don't want you to start answering, Eric. I want you yeah. to back clean up on this one. Um, I want to hear just based off of everybody's experience reading through Ephesians. And I want you to go last year because I want you to tell us what you're thinking. But I don't want us to be influenced by you here. Uh, what might you be excited for the church to see or to learn about in Ephesians, starting with Caleb? Um, I truthfully have not read through the entire book of Ephesians. Um, but I do know that Ephesians has a lot of, uh, truths in it regarding like, uh, I know we even talk about it a lot in, uh, course seminars. We refer back to Ephesians a lot. And talking about the order of salvation, about mm-hmm. um, justification, about election, about all. And I know that Ephesians hits all of those different things. And so I think I'm excited for it. And I'm excited for the church to um, just see those different things and then have those different things highlighted and rooted in scripture. I'm going to interject real quick. If you, the listener, have never li- read through all of Ephesians, that can be remedied this Sunday night. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. I was going to bring these things up later. But I'm Let's just leave Sneak that peek. as, a, as yeah. a little bit of a pebble in their shoes no, so that they'll like listen that. till the end. Okay. You find out how that can be remedied. Coming soon. Brian. Brian. Um, the question is most, what I'm most excited for. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you excited for the church to learn about or yeah. just for you to hear Eric yeah. preach on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear Eric preach um, th- through Ephesians because I, I think... The, the the gospel mark that he preached um i've been here i, I pretty much remember that and then i remember jonah uh, obviously um some I remember others. jonah 
Yeah. When was was Jonah was followed the, immediately by Mark? No, it was before Mark. Jonah That's what like, I mean. Jonah, Jonah was, was, in the fall was followed by Mark. Yeah. Jonah then Mark. Yeah. Jonah so, was 2019 after right. assurance, right? Yeah. So fall 2019. Yes. Yep. So I'm excited because I feel like most of what you've preached since I've been here, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It, I, I feel like it's been mostly narrative, whether that be Old Testament, New yeah. Testament, and and you do such a great job. And I'm excited to to uh, dive into a book like Ephesians with so much uh, doctrine, almost in like every phrase, right? Right. And uh, excited to. I, I'm not like saying, oh, you better live up to the doctrine that's in there. Yikes. I'm just saying I'm excited to learn. However, you're going to break it down, like the sovereignty of God and salvation, the responsibility of the Christian to live out, like effort, right? Uh, in the yeah. second half of the book, so I'm excited to learn those. A lot of little details that can be almost in every single phrase that Paul is using here, but just excited to learn alongside others. I'm sure it's going to be a great um, opportunity for discussion after every sermon. There's going to be like never ending, I think conversations uh, yeah. of what we just studied. I'm excited for that. Yeah. 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 The difference between narrative and then an epistle like this, yeah. this is much more commanding mm-hmm. in terms of how it's going to apply later on, but also in just it's, explicitness on certain areas of doctrine sure um i was reading through ephesians the other day and i was in chapter two and what stuck out to me was because usually the way i'm thinking about ephesians one ephesians four and ephesians five there's just like some key passages there that stick out in my mind that i know well and so that's what i think about first in the beginning of ephesians two right but um towards the end of ephesians two Paul says, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. So um, I think that's a really interesting sentence that he puts there. And he's talking about kind of the unity of the church. Um, but that's what the church is, a dwelling place for God by the spirit in some aspect is what he's saying. It's and incredible. so I'm interested to hear about that and how Paul speaks to the church about the church. Yeah. And how that relates to the rest of what he gives us and who we are in Christ. So, Eric, give us your answer to this question and what you really, just from the beginning, hope the church takes away from Ephesians and maybe what the Lord, some hopes that you might have that the Lord would do through you preaching through Ephesians. I think um, most people don't realize that Ephesians is about the church. It's about the church elect in eternity past, the church redeemed, the church united, the church then commissioned, living out its gifts, living out in unity, living out the in the power of the spirit, um, living out its roles in in life, in marriage, and family, in work, um, spiritual warfare of the church in the in the world. It's but it's not about the church the same way say first corinthians is about the church mm. um it's a, it's about the church from a cosmic level it, so like galatians will address a certain doctrinal issue that's happening within the the church and so you could say well that's about the church or first thessalonians um these books are all written to churches a lot of them are addressing specific needs that those churches had doctrinal needs they needed clarification on something they need to be corrected on something but ephesians almost has no real specific occasion it's just written to show the grandeur of the redemptive plan 
of God. And what you see is that right at the heart of what God is doing with this universe is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, and so the, the center of why does this universe exist um, is given to us in Ephesians, and it's ultimately to the praise of his glory. Yeah. But how is God going to bring praise and honor to his glorious name? It's through what he's doing in the church, the chur his church, and his election of it, redemption of it, sealing of it, uniting of it. Transformation of transformation it. Transformation of it, its holiness and its purity. He will hold it up to the world as look at who, look at what kind of God I am. And so um, a lot of times you come to Ephesians as kind of a, you want to like have fight your own little theological battles. Like yeah. you want to take on the Arminians and you want to prove election and you want to um, prove total depravity. And those are all there and they're explicit and they're glorious and they're true and we'll get, we'll hit them, but they're not the point. What the point is the glory of God in what he's doing with his bride, the church. Absolutely. Um, so I hope that we get a, a higher view of God again, like Job. I think Job kind of sets us up for Ephesians. And I hope we get a, uh, a sense of like, wow, mm -hmm. a sense of destiny that we are God's chosen people called out of darkness into light to bring him glory by imitating him in this world. Um, that we are the showcase that God is holding up to the universe. So I think it'll, I, I hope, I hope it excites, like it's, it, it, uh, puts our little puny ideas of what the church is to shame and it enhances what, what we're doing together. Like what yeah. we're doing every Sunday, what we do together as a church is awesome and glorious. And Ephesians help Ephesians helps us see why. And so I hope that in studying it, we'll have a little more sense of purpose in all these things that we're trying to do as a church and seeing it in connection with God's story, not just all these little things that we're hoping to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really good and helpful, especially when you think about the second half of Ephesians, which gets very, which gets very practical Yeah. because we can often think about those practical pieces, especially when it's, you know, Wives do this, husbands are like this, children obey your parents. Yeah, you get to those points, but when you think of them in that context, it it reminds you that yes, that is what you are supposed to do in your life, and it's for your good and your holiness. And like you're saying, for God's glory. We often forget that. We get bogged down looking at our toes, trying to make the next right step and honor the Lord, and we forget the big picture and that we're doing that as part of God's people and his ultimate plan. Yeah. And it's implied in, in that second half of Ephesians that we should actually be motivated by the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we should actually, those things we should want him to be glorified. And if we pause and reflect on our lives and our motives, our own hearts, and we go, do I want to see God glorified or am I mainly in this for me? Yeah. It should make us repent. Like we don't often love the Lord that much and don't often want him to be glorified that much. But Ephesians, it presents this as we should want, like having established the doctrines of one through three, 
It's like now live in a manner worthy of this amazing thing that God has done for you, uh, for us. Eric, is there a particular chapter or segment of Ephesians that you might be most itching to preach? Two, one to 10. Nice. Um, it's maybe my favorite passage in the Bible. It's just in 10 verses, um, a great summary of what God does to save sinners, who we were, what God does by grace and crystal clear, what he calls us to and living a life of good works. So I've actually, I preached that here before in one sermon. I think this time I'll probably break it up in at least Mm. three sermons. Um, three sermons, huh? Okay, well, I, yeah, two, I, one I'm, to three. I'm double thinking. Brian yeah. says, Brian says he's going to jump on one and a half. With yeah, I'm, I might jump on one and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> you got two, one to three. Total depravity, man. There will be things that, you know, break this up. Maybe if you're on vacation. Yeah. Some other scheduled time that someone else is preaching. Maybe. Well, also. Time will tell. Yeah. A year and a half is 75 sermons. Just Sorry, around. I derailed this. So Go it's on. a lot. Proceed. Proceed. Anyway. Oh, two, one to three. Two, one to ten. It's going to be great. Yeah, one to three is its own sermon on, on sin. Four to nine is its own little section on the regeneration that God gives to his people. And then verse 10, its own sermon on the good works that he prepared for us to walk in. Amen. So is, anyway. Is there a passage or section that maybe you're sitting here right now thinking, I don't know how I'm going to preach that yet, or this might be the hardest to in- to interpret and figure out really what is this saying? Like yeah, just there a is. tougher section. Um, let me actually go back and answer your other question. Then I'll answer that one again. Okay. Sorry. So here's another section I'm really looking oh, for. Oh, okay. Two answers. Is, is four, 11 to like 15, 16. Nice. Where it's talking about the building up of the body of Christ. And I'm especially looking forward to that. Rather speaking the truth in love. Nice. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. I think that's a great and relevant and practical section of scripture that I think will guide us as a church for how we are to pursue true and biblical maturity. Fantastic. Okay. So the hard part I think is yeah, just before that part. section um, where, it, where it's talking about spiritual gifts given to men. And then he has that quote, he, Paul quotes from, uh, Psalm 68, which itself is kind of a challenging Psalm. And then there's some in verse nine in saying he ascended. What does it mean? But that a descend in the lower regions of the earth. Yeah. And, and if you look at different English translations, they're all like translating it slightly differently. Um, so that section is a little bit challenging. I'm not quite sure what I'll do with it, but the main point to me we'll is I'll be listening intently now. Yeah. Main, <laughs> the main point is clear. Um, I'm excited to spend some time talking about marriage again. Yeah. Know, when you get to chapter good. five, like always a good reminder for our married couples and then parenting a little bit. Are in you going to preach a sermon just to the kids? I mean, certainly God speaks to the kids right there in chapter six, verse one. So Maybe just, it right. won't be just to the kids. <laughs> be to everyone there. Who is a child? Well, parents I need know to know that, that their children parents, should obey I them. I know. I know. I'm just, so, it's for all. <laughs> Yeah, so I th- I have high hopes for Ephesians. Uh, um, I think our church would be um, will be equipped better to counsel one another by having a grasp on Ephesians. Just Ephesians is a is a is your go to counseling resource. 
and yeah, I also think now I'm thinking right now, and I'm glad you're thinking right now. If you would have preached, I, let's say, if you would have preached, <laughs> come on, sorry, Monday, uh, if you would have preached a book like Ephesians, let's say day one, you got here at Grace Rancho. I don't think that God's word would not have been effective, useful, but I just think it's a perfect time time for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, and various levels. I think that the people who would have been here at that time would have all been nodding their head and saying, agree, agree, uh, yes, yes, yes. And they would have been edified. It would have been great. I, I don't think there's anything to, to say it would have been unwise. But I just think the timing now also with new, a lot of new believers, a lot of people who maybe have never studied it or maybe don't. Uh, come to terms with it or are struggling to come to terms with what's in the book of Ephesians, especially the first couple of chapters. I just think it's um, providentially perfect timing for everyone to come around this uh, book of the Bible and say, let's, (laughs) let's learn from it and submit to God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after coming after Job, I think it prepares our hearts well to, to learn God's truth all the more. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm actually excited kind of for Ephesians 1 because I think it's been a long time since I've heard that passage preached in person. So yeah. um, we hinted at it and thanks for sticking around because Eric said that if you were you going to say something different. Nope. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you think we have any listeners still at this point other than Ashley? We gave them bait. And your mom. Yeah. And my mom. Ashley likes to listen. <laughs> No, we have some faithful listeners. That's right. Um, We hinted at it. You said that if they come tonight, then if they hadn't read through Ephesians, or this Sunday night, October 16th, 2022, (laughs) nobody is here tonight uh, whenever you're listening to this. Um, We said that you'll have read through it all because this Sunday night, we're doing bring- Bring the book. That's That's how we should announce it. Come this Sunday night. Bring the book. And what book are we saying that you should bring? Your Bible. Which has Ephesians in it. Which has Ephesians in it. And um, like six members from our church are going to read a chapter and we're just going to spend time listening to God's word read. Not preached, not commented on, just listening to the whole book of Ephesians to kind of prepare In one fell swoop. One fell swoop, no breaks, just to prepare ourselves, to hear it preached, to kind of be immersed in it, to hear it. And um, and then we'll spend just a, a few minutes, a little bit of time praying for God to work through this sermon series and this book of the Bible in our church um, to help Eric so, so that'll well. prepare us to uh, to to encounter the word preached on Sundays. Yeah. Now I got another question. Mm-hmm. What else can help us prepare for Ephesians as we're trying to make sure? So when I preach a sermon series, I am the preacher, but we corporately are studying a book. Absolutely. Right. So it's not just. I'm doing it. I'm doing the public proclamation aspect of it. But what we see, like our vision for for um, our church is that we are all students of scripture. Mm-hmm. We're all learning it together. And so while I'm doing the bulk of studying to preach for Sunday, are there ways that the church should also be trying to study Ephesians, through, Ephesians throughout the week? Got any ideas, Caleb? Yeah, I'm I- fresh out. So I think it would be super <laughs> beneficial to uh, look at the passages that are going to be preached on the next Sunday. There's emails that, that go out, on, right? Where do we, how would they know? Oh, there's this nifty little email that goes out. <laughs> who sends it? Tria sends that. Oh, who, who compiles it? 
I believe Tria also compiles it. <laughs> I, I thought, what do you do around Fuzzy here? Com- <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy compiles other pieces and sends them out to guys leading the service and oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I that's what you see. That's a yeah. different email, Eric. <laughs> but in that email, you can see what will be uh, the scripture that we'll be looking at uh, the next Sunday. And so you can look ahead and read it. Hmm. Brian, any other things? Revolutionary. Um, yeah, I mean, w- any other ways that they can be preparing for their hearts for um, the sermon series? I-, I think a good one is to just be meditating on all of Ephesians uh memorizing certain passages and i think it'd be useful uh we talked about this for us as a as a staff or as a church to be able to help uh the members of our church do this by giving them resources to yeah to be able to track well to pace themselves well to not get burnt out to not let it fizzle out too quickly just be spending a lot of time in ephesians during Mm -hmm. this time specifically the resource you're talking about is we're we're hoping to put together a little mini kind of reading plan yeah that could go for about six weeks, yep. one week for every chapter of the Bible, or not the Bible, Whoa. but of Ephesians, and uh, with some study questions that yeah. kind of help guide. But so you could be reading through a chapter, meditating, yep. reflecting on certain questions that are that's bringing you deeper into the text as we study it in in greater detail. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it and it won't be consecutively with what you're preaching necessarily. No. It's going to be basically. A week in a chapter at a time, kind of mulling over the scripture each each day, not trying to be overbearing on top of maybe what you're already reading in scripture, Lord willing, but just to supplement it with another chapter and some questions. And it, it'll be kind of six weeks. We're going to start it on not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. We'll have bookmarks that we're giving out and um, we'll kind of start six weeks together as a church, Lord willing. Um, hopefully you'll participate. And one of the benefits, yeah, one of the benefits of that is as you get ahead and you read ahead and you're reflecting on it and meditating it on it ahead of time. I would hope you might come up with some questions mm-hmm. and shoot me an email with your question. I love yeah. to, like, I would love some dialogue, some discussion not about the like questions you have. The pastor questions, not, but I'm, no. I'm curious about this. I'm not sure what this means. Or because that'll help me preach together. it. That'll help me preach it. What yeah. are our people really struggling with understanding? Mm. Even if it's an applicational question, okay, how do I apply this truth to my life? Like I want right. to, I think it would be normal or I would love it if it were normal for our, for me to be getting regular emails, text messages, phone calls, whatever from, from our church members who are saying, Hey, I read this section of the passage you're about to preach. Awesome. I got a question about it. Um, I want, I would love for you to address this, um, not guaranteeing that I can address everything in a sermon, but you know, some, uh, dialogue back and forth about the text. That's a really good thought. One final thing I'll say is if Eric's really going to go just a few verses at a time, chunk by chunk through this, one thing you could do is after he's preached a, a section, memorize those three or four verses. Three or yeah, four verses is totally doable in a week. Mm-hmm. We just often get out of practice. Right. But who knows how much of Ephesians you could have memorized. That'd be a gift to you and probably all those you encounter in your life. So we've learned a lot from Job. We pray the Lord will teach us much. We know he will through Ephesians. We hope to see you soon. Yeah.